0: You, you out there, you screenwriter, you producer, you filmmaker, whatever you are, whatever you want to be, you can do it. Go out there and do it. This is the Filmmakers Podcast. Hello, welcome. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between, how to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to fuck it up in our very, very humble opinion, and they're released to wherever you get your podcasts, Every Tuesday. Today we're talking about making an improvised indie film in 24 hours, on New Year's Eve no less, with the director and writer Sarah Jane Patelli. I am Giles Alderson, I'm in my shed, it's freezing cold, but I'm doing it because I love you. It's middle of the night here, we don't want to wake everyone up, so I've come to my shed, uh, where I have done the intro before, uh, my dog is looking at me very strangely, but this is what I do to get it out on a Tuesday morning when I've been filming all day it was a great shoot today to be fair really fun nice little uh, promo shoot for director Divya Pathak it's really cool Uh, I'll let you know more about that when I can um so yeah I'm here I am the producer of the horror comedy Sewer Killers Guide to Life I'm also the director and producer of the vampire documentary World of Darkness which is out now if you fancy watching it do click the link it's in the show notes why not and I'm the director and co-writer along with Johnny Grant of the psychological horror feature film The Dare which is getting very close to completion Uh, the comedy TV pilot Not For Profit which we are pitching out to studios as we speak and Food For Thought my documentary with Dan Richardson which we have cut a scissor reel for and is moving forward very nicely indeed so thank you thank you for joining us thank you for listening Um, if you do like this do spread the word about this podcast? Tell your mates who might be interested in how to make feature films. We love your support. I love your support. Uh, and we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If that didn't sound sincere, I meant it to be. And remember, if you've got anything to promote, email us uh, or DM at FilmmakersPod or at Charles Alderson, that's me, and we will give it some love. So Indie film shout-out to this week. R2 Drew Horner he emailed me he's the co-writer of a new Indiegogo campaign uh, last time we did Exit which has done really well now he's doing a film called Promenade which he has co-written um, it's a short film with themes of terrorism mental health grief and suicide prevention and it stars Mark Stanley from Game of Thrones and Selma Brooke from the Tudors it's directed by David Elliott link is in the show notes Indiegogo support if you can if nothing else Just like and retweet their posts. Do that. Do that for me because you're listening and you can. So why not support indie film? Other shout-outs go to Winter Ridge, whose film is available now to watch on Sky, Apple, Google Play, etc., etc. Winter Ridge, you've heard me banging on about it enough. Um, Don Lemoire and Matt Hookings have been on the podcast talking about how they made it. You need to watch their film now. Support them. Uh, Do what you can, because it's actually a fantastic film. I went and hosted the Q&A for them when it was screening at Pinewood, and I was blown away by how good this film was. So now it's available. You can go watch it. You can support. So do it. Link again. Should be in the show notes if I'm not too tired by the time I get this podcast up tonight. Um, We are now on Podbean. So those of you listening on SoundCloud, you're still going to be on SoundCloud. We're still going to be on SoundCloud. You can still get the podcast there. But... I've moved everything over to Podbean. And the reason is because they help support podcasters. So through speaking to some brilliant people and other podcasters, especially Chris from More Gooder Than at the Podfix Network, he said, do that, go on Podbean. So I am. So there you go. So go support on Podbean now. Go subscribe there. That is where they'll go first. And that's where they'll go to iTunes and to our website. I will still put them on SoundCloud, obviously. So if you do listen there, they'll still be there. And all the other platforms as well will be there. That's just how it is. But... We've moved to part B. Oh, this is exciting. Well, for me, more than you. A Marsden's Beer Town Film Festival did a film festival last year, and so many of you entered. And in fact, one of you that came through our podcast won it. Actually, won the festival last year of short films at the Marsden Beer Town Film Festival. Its entry is free. The, the winner was Nick Hatton Jones. He won last year for his film he entered through through us so there you go anyway so mars and beer town film festival uh link is in the show notes if you've got a short film this year and you want to enter it do it they've changed the system this year because last year was their first year and there was all sorts of things going on and the main thing they've changed i am one of the judges yes it's crazy they've asked me to judge the competition so get your bribing letters in now uh get your dms to me show me your short films if you want to be one of the winners there i'm not saying you You know money you know matters in this case i'm not saying hey hey i didn't say anything um bribes i will not accept <laughs> but anyway this is amazing news i'm over the moon thank you Marsden's beertown film festival and congratulations on your second year um that's Incredible. Really, really cool. So well done you guys. Deborah Haywood was obviously on the podcast last year. She's a she's a patron of it. And we'll be there at the festival trying a few beers as well. Submit now. Get in there early. We watch the early ones after that. It's much harder to watch. There you go. Okay, so what else? Oh me, oh my. I'm so excited to tell you we have some amazing guests coming up. But There's one in particular that I am over the moon. We have just got... Um, this filmmaker is one of my heroes and uh i've been trying to get them on the podcast for ages i'm not gonna say he or she because oh it's really exciting but basically they've just made a massive studio movie uh which you will all heard about and this person has made lots of really cool films you will all have heard of before so i'm really excited uh so we've got some amazing guests coming up very soon i might even make that 100th episode that's how cool the guest is yes that's right we're nearly coming up to our 100th episode can you believe it yes you can because you've listened to most of them but if you haven't why not go back and listen to our mark strong episode yes the mark strong from kingsman the mark strong from all those other brilliant films that you knew who was in and you went that's mark strong mark strong he's amazing brilliant british actually talks about working with directors like ridley scott and um uh, and danny boyle oh i love danny boyle um well why not listen to the one with craig conway talking about producing recently or how to make a film in a foreign language with mike petchy or episode 78 which is how to write and produce a movie when you've never been on a movie set before that's right that's episode 78 with claire harris uh she's so cool and it's a really cool podcast you will learn a lot uh, there's so many podcasts so why not get listening and big back catalog go to our website www.filmmakerspodcast.com there you go subscribe to us on iTunes support us we support you exciting times oh this guest I can't wait for you to hear who this guest is I am so excited anyway moving on cool rain dance Last week's is amazing, by the way. From 150 quid to £39, pounds, especially for you. You might still get that if you click the link for last week. Uh, if you click. This week, Raindance have their boozing and smoozing sessions, and they're really good. It's monthly filmmaker networking events. If you want to meet other indie filmmakers and film lovers in London, you need to go to the right place, and that place is the Raindance Boozing and Smoozing session. Um, it's for people who love and make films. It's one of the friendliest and most welcoming network events in London, by the way, and it's helped develop um, hundreds of collaborators and collaborations, myself included in that. Uh, and as a filmmaker's and podcast listener, you can get in for free. What? What did you say, Giles? Yes, you can get in for free. That's right. Uh, just send an email to party at raindance.co.uk. That is party at raindance.co.uk. Quoting filmmaker's podcast then you'll be able to get in for free at the next event on monday the 10th of december at six thirty PM p.m the beautiful century club in soho don't miss out uh, find out more in the link in the show notes um, thank you rain dance we love you right let's get on to today's podcast how to make an indie film in 24 hours with loads of people on new year's eve how would you do it find out this is so much fun. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, thank you for listening again. Love you guys. Bye bye bye. It is my absolute delight to welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast Sarah Jane Patelli. Hello, welcome. Hello.
2: Thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Whereabouts are you now? Because obviously we can detect an accent.
2: <laughs> um, I'm in Malta, but I'm yeah. um, from Australia. So, born in Australia with Maltese heritage. Now I live in Malta.
0: Nice malta weather must be quite nice at the moment it is nice
2: we just came back from paris yesterday and it was cold and rainy and we came off the airport with our jackets and we're like oh it's actually nice it's good to be back in the weather it's really mild so yeah it's nice
1: here
0: yeah it's been raining really oh how nice it's been raining here all day No fun. Okay, so this podcast is all about helping people get off their asses uh, and make their first film, make their second film, carry on making films in this sometimes very difficult and hard world of making indie films. Mm -hmm. So let's start the beginning with you because obviously we'll go into depth about your improvisational films and how wonderful they are. But let's start first with you and your journey into doing this what made you want to become a filmmaker
2: well I started off in production design I've always been a creative child drawing dancing sketching illustrating books and writing that sort of thing and yeah so just sort of in my 20s in high school I sort of lost a little bit of that because I got caught up in high school and work and all that kind of stuff and then yeah, and then I stepped into film by accident when someone messaged me. I was working at a supermarket and said I got a phone call from some producer saying I've heard you're a fabulous art director. Wow. And I should have you on on this film on this thing that we're doing for you know I think it was RMIT TV. They had a show, and yeah. I'm like I have no idea what you're talking about, but it, <laughs> sounded, it sounded really interesting. Like come you know be art director on this um tv series i'm like yeah okay sure and then i went in there to the studio and i didn't even know what what that still didn't know what they were talking about and then she, she said to me oh you can do all the posters and all this all the, like, the design stuff and like i don't know how to use photoshop and all that and then she said i'll just put you in with the set dresses then you can build the set so then i built and dressed the set with about a two or three other people wow. using using sets from there so we built We used some of the sets that were on in the RMIT building available to us. I collected all the furniture in my car from around my street in St Albans and painted everything. We built the walls and painted it all. Then we dressed it and we built a whole police station. And from there, that was in 2006, so from there I was just obsessed with doing more of that, like this is really what I want to do. I felt like that child again, you know, always creating hands-on building because even growing up with my dad at home, Helping with the house renovations when I was younger, I was always into fixing and building. So doing that on set it was like, this is really what I want to do. I really love art department, doing mm-hmm. all those little hands-on jobs, the painting and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, from there, I just, I just realised that this is probably what I wanted to do. This is what I was passionate about. So I kept going on to. There was a production um, list online that I found, and there was all these productions that are coming up in Melbourne. So I just started like applying for all of those, and it was hard to get into those. You did not hear from anybody most of the time. Yeah. Then I started just working on indie films, and I met Tom Vogel. Um, Steve Travaskis, a filmmaker who I was working with on that RMIT project, said to me, if you want to do more of this, I'll introduce you to Tom. So he took me down to a film night called West Side Shorts back in the day, which is still running now, which is amazing by Tom. So I met Tom and a few other filmmakers there, they're all filmmakers, so that's how I got involved with them, and I kind of found my, found my tribe in that way, and then started working on a lot of short films for Tom and other people, which is how I met Ivan Malikan as well.
0: Amazing. Who is now yeah. your husband, correct?
2: Is my husband and my partner with MPG, yes.
0: Amazing. You, made the, you, you worked on the short film The Priest, Nothing Better, Ghost, Finder.
2: Many of them. <laughs> Many
0: of them. They go back. So, how, what was the experience of making those films then? What was it for you that when you were on set? Obviously, you loved it. A lot of art department, props master, set decorator, art decorator. What was everything, it? Yeah, everything
2: was sort of different. Yeah. What was the question? What was?
0: Well, what was it? That was. What did you enjoy about that? What was? What did you learn? What was exciting for you?
2: Well, I never went to film school. Mm-hmm. As I said, I kind of fell into it somehow. But what I liked was actually the hand-on experience. Like when I did that first one at RMIT, um, Keller, who was the producer at the time, she actually showed me how to read all the paperwork as well on set. So call sheets, she ran me through that. So I learned everything on set, which I found interesting because I think being on set is different to everyone telling you how you should do it. Um, So I think every project is different, like working on a short film is different. And I think working on indie film is different because when you're a production designer, usually the art director, the props master and everything else as well. And everything is just you. You have to do everything, you know, especially if it's an indie production and it's a small budget. Like you're expected to do everything when you're the production designer. Um, So I think every project is different, but you're always learning different things. And it's working with different people as well. So you have to learn about how other people work and try to adapt to that as well. Some people don't get along and it's really difficult as well. So always, always learning, always learning.
0: Yeah. I imagine, which is great. So I think, I think personally that's the best way to learn is go on set. Film schools are great. And you know, people, a lot of people have said have got a lot out of it. Other people said they haven't, but everyone who's gone on a set has said they've learned something massively. Um, Mm. And that's usually whether they want to do this or not, because it can be a, a touchy place it can be a, a difficult place to work and you have to be a certain type to to survive there sometimes and keep wanting yeah, to just, do it
2: not just the long hours uh-huh. just everything always being go 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 knowing having the intuition as well you can't just sit there and wait for something to happen you have to be like oh they need this they need this prop now and they need that and i have to build this set for tomorrow so this has to be ready you have to always be alert and know what's coming up next and then people expect you to know everything for other departments oh where's this prop and where's this what, what are they wearing now so you have to know everything. You can't just sit there and be like, "Oh, who wants me to help?" Like you know, you have to fully get involved.
0: Yes.
1: Which is
2: what I like, and you have to show initiative. Yeah. Which is good too. So you learn a lot of different things.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, initiative—it's really important. There's nothing better for me when I'm directing something, and and uh, production assistant has just come up and done something amazing. I said, "Oh, shall I do this?" And you go, "Wow, thank you." They thought ahead, or they brought something, you know, knowing the next scene's going to be this. So I've already got it here for you. That is amazing, and it, it makes your life much easier Uh, and then you go I'm going to employ you again you're great thank you
2: yeah the first one I directed was my film dusk in 2013
0: right Um, my
2: biggest one was daughter because that was huge that was a really big one for me um I wasn't even calling myself a director at that time I still have a bit of trouble with that word because I'm still learning and I'm still not like I don't put myself out there as a director I work with Nexus production group but I'd love to go and direct something else that someone else has written but I started off with Dusk in 2013. It happened to be a short story because I've always been writing from a really young age. As I said, I used to illustrate and write my own books when I was younger. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that one, I always write short stories. And at that time, Ivan and I were in a relationship and Ivan said to me, why don't you turn this story into a into a short film? And I'm like, what? He's like, I'll help you produce it. So then we turned it into a script. And it was actually a, it's actually a silent film, so we just had um, – Two actors and yeah, a few extras in the gym scene. So that just started off as just a short story because we actually had a bit of writer's block. We went to a somewhere in Preston, I think, in some library, they had some writer there and he was giving like a little workshop for the day. So we went to do that and they made us write these little scenarios out like, oh, you walk out on the street and you find someone sleeping on a park bench write a story and that's where dusk came out from so a woman comes out and finds a man comatose on the floor and that's how dusk came about so then ivan said to me why don't we just make a short film and you can direct it because i wanted to always wanted to direct something Mm -hmm. step away from art department so that's how that came about
0: i like that and how how did you feel when you were on set making it did did it feel Mm -hmm. comfortable for you or did you you know how did it work for you being a director
2: I love directing now, but I remember walking around set. I was also the production designer on that, and if you see the film, I did the costumes, I dressed the set, which was actually in my house. So I remember walking around the set, trying to go over the script and what I was going to say to my actor while I was actually dressing the set. And that's the point where I learnt I didn't want to do both Mm -hmm. at the same time. And with, with stuff, I had someone else do it because I was like I didn't really get a chance to actually focus on. I'm the director. I was also the art department and the wardrobe, and I was the continuity. And I was just like, "This is crap." Like I actually want to direct. I don't want to be. I like doing the set design, but I don't want to be. You know. Yes. I don't want to be doing all these things at once. So what I learned from that one was try to give multi um give it to someone else. Like pass things on to other people. Mm. But yeah, directing was great.
0: Great. Good. Yeah, and, you've, and you found working with actors was fine? It wasn't a problem for you?
2: Um, I know where I have areas I need to fix, like, okay. you know. But, yeah, working with actors is fine. What I like now working with improvised films um, is that we actually get to work closely with the actors and work with the building the characters, which is what I like because I love the psychology of it all and what makes a person tick is always fascinating for me. So working with the actors closely is what I enjoy doing and bringing that um, idea to life like how you see things when I write I always see the characters and how I believe how they move how they interact with other people so seeing that come to life I think it's really really special and yeah working with the actors are great I love working with actors
0: yeah yeah well especially on an improvised film because they're bringing a lot of themselves and uh, characters in there obviously but that that must be really special I've not worked on an improvised film So let's talk about Friends, Foes and Fireworks first, which is a film that's out now, um, which you did direct along with Ivan. And it is a feature film that you shot in 24 hours. It might have been less um, over one night, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. Fully improvised, seven locations. (laughs) Um, It sounds crazy. It sounds one of those things that you go, right, let's just go shoot this. And, And it's incredible the results that you've got from this because it's mm-hmm. it's a really well-made film and it's really interesting and yet you did this it could have gone massively wrong or it did, or lots of issues could have happened talk us through from the very first moment you thought yeah let's do this and let's fuck it let's do it in a night <laughs> and let's make <laughs> it improvised what was the, th- the thinking behind it all
2: we don't even remember how it came about like we were like talking about something then we said why don't we just do it in one night then <laughs> because we were saying we can shoot a film on New Year's where I can have the fireworks and all that, and it can be all, we knew we wanted to do it improvised because we wanted it to be all natural. Sure. And we, to, we actually put it to the actors. We said we could actually stop at midnight because that's when the story kind of flips and kind of things go chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, We put it to the actors. We were hoping we were like, please don't, don't say yes, you want to stop because we wanted it to keep going at the momentum. And we said to them, do you want to stop at midnight and come back the next night? They're like, no, let's keep going. We're like, yes, let's keep going because wow. that's what we wanted to do. We wanted it to be real. So... Starting from the start, we had to cast people that we sort of knew could do the job sort of saying it that way because we, we had to find people that we knew could do improv, that we could trust as well to actually sit with us and go over characters and actually be dedicated enough to put all their work in but mm-hmm. also be able to – like just get on there and just do it improvise, which is really hard because you have to know the character like a like another personality, basically, you have to become the character
1: mm-hmm.
2: as an actor. but, yeah, so had to we had to start with that, go through all the character breakdowns with them. So me and Ivan write the character breakdowns, how we believe the character is, we give it to the actor, they look at it, we meet again. And we say, what do you think about this? And then they think, I don't think she'd do this. I don't think that she would um, – She. W- I don't think this is how her background would be. I think her relationship with her family would be like this. And then we take things out and we add things in. And then we also get them to meet with the person because throughout the movie, they're actually interacting with other people, of course, with their friends. So they all have to know each other like they're all old friends. So they have to meet up. So Summer and Lucinda spent time together, obviously. Mm-hmm get to know each other. We'd hold them, go out on a date, do what your characters would do. So they'd go out for lunch, for coffee, they'd go for a walk, you know, that sort of thing together. Um, The only person we kept away was Dan Hill, who played Taron. We did that because we wanted him to meet them for the first time because we actually asked him, have you met any of these actors before? And he's like, no. We're like, all right, we'll keep him away. Wow. He didn't meet them till the first day. So when he walked on there, it was like, oh, I don't even know these people. So he was like the stranger.
0: Which worked Um, brilliantly for the film. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it did. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So our <laughs> listeners know th- this is the story. Um Fiona which is played by Laura Deem, has recently received a life-changing health diagnosis. So in an attempt to curb feelings of isolation and anxiety, she hosts a New Year's Eve reunion with her closest female friends. However, not everything goes to plan. Old tensions surface, past rivalries are reignited, truths are told and sparks fly, forcing each of the women to reflect and re-evaluate on past decisions going forward into the new year. I am happy. I am healthy.
1: Tonight. It's going to be a good night. It's gonna be a good night. Hi. Oh, you Hello. look amazing. Hello. Hi. What have you done? Hi. What's Hi. all this? Oh, you know, just like you like a little. Are we planning on
0: little. staying oh, in all you. night? I love you too, and I've missed all of you so much. I've Missed you. Yeah. Happy New Year.
1: Thanks, darling.
0: Fiona, I believe. Yeah. Look, she's told me so much about you all. Oh not yes. oh, because we know yeah. nothing
1: about
0: you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Well we will find out as oh, oh, the night okay. goes on and I get um, more drunk. I have <laughs> no job and no money and no apartment. It's you who I feel sorry for!
2: I feel like you girls should actually just give up and start making you know.
1: Hello! Oh my god, are you? Oh I wasn't coming back here permanently. Is that is that what you thought that I was coming back here permanently? So is he like your boyfriend or? I probably wouldn't use the boyfriend term. Yep. Zoe.
0: We began by the sea, the light of the full moon. Punch me. No, 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 no. I felt like punching myself. She's my you, like friend. Not. She's gonna, <laughs> I don't know
1: what you expect from me.
0: Something I need to tell you. <laughs>
1: because
0: of me, because you'll never fucking achieve it on your own. Why? Don't Why think what? that I would like
2: you. Again, okay, you girls, you're fucking I'm you're sorry, so dramatic. But didn't even know that. I don't
1: care. I'm sick
0: of your dramatic bitches. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Happy
0: New Year everyone! Happy New Year! I'm excited! I'm sure you can't, you can't plan anything. You can't plan anything in life. Okay, I just played the trailer as well, so people could hear that. And the obviously the trailer is in the show notes, as is the uh, link to buy the film as well. Let's okay. talk about the story there, because already that sounds great. If you were making a three-week, four-week shoot, you're doing this <laughs> over one night. <laughs> How did you plan the story? How did you plan it from the beginning?
2: What we do, we write, like, we write, we call it a skeleton. So we mm-hmm. have what's going to happen in C1, like, you know fiona is getting ready for the party um these two walk in this one walks in you know this character walks in this is what happens and then what happens is they just sort of work out what happens themselves but when i say what happens like they'll say you know there might be a note in there like fiona asks her you know but talks about work and that sort of stuff and then you know something happens and then they have to sort of build the meat basically so they're all they have is an outline the actors and they have to build what's around it. But if what we do is if we don't like something or we like something, we'll say cut, let's go back and do that again like talk more about you know talk more about what you did and this kind of stuff in that job and go into into more detail and they'll do that. but most of the time we just let it run and we see if we like something we get them to go back as I said if, yeah if it's going if they're just chatting too much, we just say cut it back a bit. But I like to let it run when I'm directing to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, because you might find something magical in there, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, there could be something. How do you, because I'm thinking about time now as a sort of, you know, director, this first AD in me is going, oh, God. And if you you sort of let it run and then you go, yeah, I just want to do that again and find these bits. And there's a sort of going, oh, are we going to have time to shoot the rest of the movie like this? Um, How did that work? Because that's fascinating for me how you managed to do it
2: um it was it was all planned i trusted ivan ivan's a good producer so he did all the schedules so he knew exactly where everyone had to be we basically had a map um myself and ivan were shooting at different locations sometimes right. or if, if i was shooting in the bar if he was shooting in the bathroom i was shooting in the living room was so we had two cameras
0: yes okay you have, so that's how you it was had, done right right okay so not four cameras so it was just two cameras and then sometimes they're in the same scene sometimes they weren't
2: yeah like i shoot on the beach with Fiona Mm -hmm. and Sophia, that part of when they were talking on the beach together Mm -hmm. on the park after fireworks. And then our point was move from there to meet Whitney and Asleen for which are Summer and Lucinda in the street, on Mary Street. It was like 2 a.m. or something crazy or 3 a.m. And we are like meet there and then wait wait for Steve to get there with the camera and Steve and Hassan got there, sound camera, actors there, we're waiting. So when the girls came, just shoot quickly. We've got like this much time to do this scene. Right. And that's how it was.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds... The department flat.
2: afterwards, we had runners picking us up. It was like really right. well organized by Ivan.
0: Great. Which I think it has to be with something like this. Because, be. yeah, because if one thing went wrong, what, what did you have a contingency? How would you make it work if something happened? Or did you not know?
2: Um, for us, it was more of an experiment. We wanted to get people like that we trust, like I said, and see if we could actually pull this off and do it in one night. I see. So, we we had – the plan was just to, like, try – we had the time, like, we like had an hour to shoot a scene or something like that. And then at a certain time, we had to be in the car. Like, someone would pick you up and take you down to the beach because we actually shot in Black Rock. After that – after Mary Street in St. Kilda, I went down to Black Rock. I had to drive the car to Black Rock. Wow. So I was like, that was my car in the scene. So, yeah, it was just really, really organized by Ivan. Like, if something went wrong, we'd just had to go overtime, I guess. But we were shooting from 4 p.m. we started – New yep. Year's Eve, and we finished about seven thirty a.m. I finished in Black Rock. And I went back to the apartment, and everyone was passed out on the floor oh, in the apartment. Of course, they were. to the waiting for me.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, it's mind blowing, but it's also so inspiring. And, and I know a lot of our listeners listening now will be thinking, yeah, great, okay, this has given me hopefully the ability to go and do this now and the confidence because you can do it and you've you've proved it and i think what you said there was really interesting the fact that it was kind of a bit like well look if it didn't work it's all right it's an experiment we're going to try it and mm-hmm. when was the moment you realized it it did work when was the moment you sort of went okay i think i think we might have pulled something off here
2: i guess when we were editing it yeah well, i was editing it and we were just like i hope this works and then Editing it like in, editing improv is really hard because it's not like you know where you're going to cut and you're going to go from here. So, different cuts, and I saw I have an editor, we edited it together mm-hmm. um, most of the time. So yeah, it's just hard. You just have to, like we said, an experiment to see if it would work. And we just wanted to have fun and see if we could make something different. And we were lucky that we had the actors who actually said, yes, let's do this. And you can see by the end of it, they just look wrecked. Like they just look terrible. Their hair just not <laughs> nice anymore. They're not in a good mood anymore. They're snappy. Yeah. And it's really funny. I mean, but, uh, we've got a Udemy course on that as well, how to shoot a impro- an improvised feature film in 24 hours if someone wants to learn how to do all that. We actually teach on Udemy.
0: Amazing. I'll put that link in the show notes for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, that'd be wonderful. Um, obviously, it being New Year's Eve as well. Obviously, you've got mm-hmm. the fireworks going off, which looked amazing. It looked like you'd, you know, you'd probably, you know, obviously you planned it, but it looked like they were your fireworks. It looked like you'd, the shot was so beautifully composed. Um, cuz it being new year's eve that must have been amazing for the actors i think it's a memory that will stay with them forever um yeah. but also was it a case of you know could cuz they're acting drunk and they're acting in that state was it was it a case of look if you want to drink do it but or was it very much more controlled than that
2: no they were drinking like we had champagne for them they had water on several time. we were feeding them all the time always running up with food and drink but they yeah they were drinking at the apartment that was all real alcohol so i don't know how they were but they were obviously acting as well but I don't know how – I didn't control how much people were drinking. They weren't driving. We were driving them around. So,
1: um,
2: yeah, I think they were drinking water, champagne, whatever we had there for them. So, yeah, but at New Year's, that was hard one to shoot with the fireworks. We're like – we're counting down. and We're like, three, two, one. We're trying to get the countdown. We're like – I think – I remember that part was really difficult to time. Like, if we miss it, we're screwed. Mm. Like, we're not going
0: to do it again. Yeah, exactly. You can't do that bit we, again.
2: We had to time it really, like – yeah, perfectly. So it worked, and lucky they went off a few times, I think. But yeah, I can't remember how many times we did that bit. But right, yeah, wow. most of it, it all just happened in the moment, and we just kept shooting. So
0: great. Was there any things that went wrong for you? Was there any things that you you know
2: parts where well the the people on the beach we, we we had security. We actually paid someone to come out and do security for us because we were like we need someone to come out and do security. So we had our friend there doing security for us because we were like if we get crowds of people, you know, people are like in Melbourne when they're drunk or in front of cameras, they're pushing people. We're like, we don't want our girls to get harassed. We don't want people laughing in the camera and running up to us and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we found a beach with no people. We had like one, we had a group of like five people sitting next to us in the hut. So that's all we had. And we're like, we were like so worried about this. We even shot past police. Like we had the girls when they walked down the street in St. Kilda, there was cops there and they had bottles of alcohol in their hand. I'm like, we're going to get like done for alcohol in the street mm-hmm. they had champagne glasses and they had bottle i think I think they had a bottle because i um, yeah just spilled bottle over her and yeah we were shooting down that street and i love that scene because that montage because the girls are actually interacting with strangers and it looks really really cool yeah um so nothing really went wrong it kind of all went to plan i think oh dan locked us out of the apartment actually by accident <laughs> we had to climb through the window sorry joy
0: <laughs> amazing it sounds like it was just one of those. I mean, I imagine it's a blur for you, but yet at the same time, because obviously you've talked about this quite a bit and you've got the course on it, is that it? Yeah. It is quite special, and um, even though you you might struggle to remember certain bits because it was probably just right. Get this right. Move on. Move on. Move on. Um, mm-hmm. It must have been a wonderful experience. It uh, was was that? Tell, tell me how it felt. It
2: was exhilarating, actually. Like, I thought, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm getting old now. I am not. I haven't got the stamina anymore to be up from, like, you know, four o'clock to, like, seven the next day. But I think with the adrenaline, you just keep going. And the feeling was, like, we have to do this. It was exciting, you know, like, seeing it all happen and the characters coming to life. So we just, like, went with it on the day. I think we were all just fun, and it was really interesting to watch. Like, we, we were actually having – I remember watching – Gerard doing the sound and he's trying not to laugh. So we found it really amusing as we were watching as well. So we were all having fun. So he was laughing behind there and I saw some smiles from Steve as well shooting. So yeah, we were just having fun and just going along with it, I think, just to see what would happen, as I said. But yeah, just I think it was all just the adrenaline. We're all in it together as well. So I think, yeah, helping each other out, having breaks and feeding the actors is really important, looking after them, making sure they, you know, always got water and food.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We had a big meal together like during the set on at the apartment make sure everyone was really fueled we had red bull and everything on set lots of water right so yeah, just to get through it all we're just helping each other out i guess like motivating each other and get through it. but it was really fun and because it was so quick as well like one hour like move to the next one it's like a bit like an adventure yeah. like where, where go next? where's the next post
0: yeah what we're we gonna do next what's happening and that's that's wonderful <laughs> um yeah. in terms of the money then in terms of raising the funds for this um mm-hmm. what did you do how did you go about that
2: ivan and i funded it from our pockets amazing
0: <laughs> amazing as, as we do as you do <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah yeah wow okay that was was that that was always the decision you wanted to do from the beginning when you decided to do this
2: because we it was just a fun project it was just yeah we bought everything the food the fuel we needed and stuff like that um Yeah, everything just came out of our own pocket just because it was just something we wanted to do, like, on the spot one day. So we're just, like, we'll fund it. Like, with our next feature, Incorporate, we funded that one as well, and that one's a bit more difficult because we shot that in four countries. So now we've learnt, as we're slowly paying off everything for post. like, we shouldn't do this anymore. We should really get funding. So we are actually trying to get funding for Incorporate to help us get through post and get it into festivals and get um, an aggravator and all that stuff. But, yeah. Funded by ourselves, which we've been doing for a while. Like Daughter was funded from fundraisers and community support. So sometimes we're funded, sometimes we're not. But most of our features have been funded by ourselves.
0: Wow. Well done. Really well done.
1: This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime
0: Yeah, okay. In terms of the cameras you didn't use, you had two cameras, so you were, did you already know what you wanted to do beforehand? Stephen, your DOP, had he gone, look, this is what I'd like to shoot with, two of the same? Was that the plan?
2: Um, we knew Steve would do a good job with the cameras, like using the cameras because he works for Channel 9 News, so he is used to that style. But in terms of the cameras, two FS100s, they're low-light cameras. So because we wanted to have as much natural light as possible, even in the dark, we actually put a bit of, we had a few lights outside onto the huts. we actually made sure we had a hut there where we could attach a couple of clamps onto some lights. Um, So we tried to have it all natural in the apartment and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, we made sure, we did a lot of research. We talked with Steve a lot about shooting in low light. We watched a lot of videos on YouTube. We watched films with alternative lighting. Mm -hmm. um like how they went and lit stuff with like cars we didn't do any of that but we did use um just a few little lights here and there but most of it was natural like the outside scene we had the the clamps onto the hut as i said but yeah we did a lot of research and we we actually looked on youtube we asked steve what's the best camera and we went to the locations first ivan and i went to the locations we said okay we want to shoot here 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 took photos we went again with steve and we brought his camera he like actually did some footage of it of me and Ivan sitting in the different locations to see how light it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the camera looked really well. It looked really nice it did, and yeah, my right cameras. So for most of it being natural light,
0: it does. It works really well and it looks beautiful. It looks very beautiful. That's um, done a great job. How did you then? Um, what you'd learnt from making the first film move that into incorpore?
2: I think we learnt. We learnt a lot, actually. There was a lot of troubleshooting in the first one, which we talk about in the Udemy course, because reflections. Mm-hmm. We didn't have as many VFX shots as we did in the in um, Friends, Phones and Fireworks, which was really, really costly and really a nightmare for our VFX team oh, to get reflections. Oh,
0: how much did you – did you have to take quite a bit out then in post?
2: Um, just reflections and stuff. Like Ivan in the bathroom when he's, like, shooting the girls, Asleen and Summer, you get a reflection of him in the in the glass. Mm just things like that and then there was like because we had a shiny surface in the kitchen sometimes you see a boom just things like that just little things and because we had two cameras going in and out of shot sometimes you might see like someone's foot or something like that you know always see something in there they are just like okay which because sometimes we did shoot with two cameras in one location which was the hard one was the sitting down scene when they're all at the beach because what was happening was I was directing, I was pulling Steve one way and then directing Ivan the other way. So I was running around going this way and this way and pulling the camera where I wanted it to go. Right. Which was, yeah, when I was directing them those scenes and Ivan was doing the same sort of thing, like, yeah, trying to get everything. So the VFX, what we learned was more prep, I think, sort of with the actors. We had a lot of time on Friends, Foes and Fireworks. It was harder in – Um, in Comporé because we were actually Skyping a lot with the actors instead of sitting down with them, which is kind of a little bit different. But we did go to Berlin and talk to the actors beforehand, like days before, and get them ready. But, yeah, what we'd learnt was just to be a bit more mindful, I think, of where things are placed and how to make it easier to move around without getting all those VFX shots those issues mm-hmm. we didn't shoot in campore in one night which is probably something that we learned
0: okay good and i suppose because you work you're filming in different countries you've got four different countries here within Incampore. Yeah. and i suppose you could make them almost mini shorts is that right and they're them all around
2: way? 25 to 30 minutes each so they mm-hmm. could be mini shorts you said that to Ivan. we could just break them down and like send them off to different places um but yeah they're, they're sort of like mini shorts they're half an hour It's a half an hour look at each relationship. So you have Melbourne, um, then you have Malta, then you have Berlin, and then you have New York. So the first story and the last story, they bookend each other. So same character, Mm. female lead, they're all female leads. Um, The first female lead from the first story, played by Clara Francesca from MPG, she's one of our members, Um, she actually bookends the story in new york so we shot with clara in australia when she came down because we were living there at the time and she said i'm coming down we're like let's shoot a short film together let's do something improvised we can have fun with it like friends posing fireworks
1: mm-hmm.
2: so we had this idea of you know two characters in a house and something like that and then we're like why don't we make it like this and we had this idea and then we're like hang on we're going to go to malta we're moving to malta we can shoot in malta as well and then we're like while we're in Malta we can go to somewhere else as well. And then we ended up going, then we go, Oh, and then we can go back to Clara and we can finish the story in New York we're like, oh great, now we've got four countries.
0: Great. That's
2: how it ended up.
0: <laughs> and again, you funded this yourselves. hmm Amazing. Amazing. It's brave, but it's it's proved it worked with friends, photos, and fireworks. Well, yes. We don't have
2: any children and we don't have a house, so maybe that helps.
0: That does definitely does help yeah <laughs> i think we're all just nutty filmmakers who want to make films and it is inspiring it really is um and it just shows you can do it you can just get off your ass and go and make something because you can um in terms of selling the film then friends foes and fireworks how was that process because obviously the editing might have taken some time um and it sounds like getting the vfx and obviously funding for that must have been difficult especially out of your own pocket so mm-hmm. did it take a while to get the film released how did you get distribution for it
2: or well, which one? Friends focused Friends
0: on 'cause Incampore hasn't been okay. has not finished. Yeah, because I was
2: thinking in is probably something that we did learn was not to actually make it yourself from your own pocket, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because mm. there is a lot of funding out there if you do um take time to search and look for it. Like we found we found things that we could do, like there was finishing funds income but they weren't till January, but wanted the film finished by December. So I think it is a lot of planning and I think meetings would have been good, meetings with other people and producers like getting other people on board funding and that's for funding. Mm. But I think that's all we learnt. But the question was again Well oh, I think well, I, I think,
0: was, think from the success uh, of Friends, Frozen Fights you could have you know, it might have been easier to get the funding for you. But my question was, yeah, in terms of distribution side of it, of actually selling the film, how did you go about it?
2: We went to AFM mm-hmm. and because we were shooting in New York, so we thought while we're there, <laughs> we'll, go to, we'll go to AFM and then we'll go to New York and film. So we went to AFM, we met with Turnkey Films and a few other people and Turnkey ended up picking up the film. Um, and also Daughter. So they put it on Amazon straight away for us. So that went to Amazon. And then from there they told us we have a DVD release in North America, which actually goes on sale tomorrow in North America. It's currently on pre-sale. Amazing. And then this year we also got in touch with a cinema. So we had a cinema run in Melbourne. So basically us just hustling, I think. We went to Melbourne. We contacted a cinema in Melbourne, a contact that we had. And we asked can any chance of a cinema run and they said yes. So we played wow. at the week cinema. We had our opening night there. So our premiere was actually an opening night of a cinema run. And then they gave us one more cinema run at their sister cinema in um who was it? Hawthorne at the Lido. So we had two we had two days at the cinema.
0: That's so nice, which means you can get the reviews. Yeah you know um people to come and see it right it really helps with then selling it online
2: it does help yes yeah. we 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 did approach big newspapers and that but no one was interested so we didn't have any press at the at the at the um events unfortunately we contacted like everything the age the herald sun nothing like wow. no one came out so I'm but,
0: surprised cuz especially local filmmakers and stuff it, it it and being what it was you know and is an improvised <laughs> film I thought it might have quite a nice buzz um
2: I think you need a marketing team for that yeah, instead of yeah. one person just hustling, like trying to get people, like sending it, like a thousand emails and not hearing anything. It was really disappointing in that way as well. It's probably something else that we learned from that, like you have to market it. And I think you have to market from day one. As soon as you have the idea, you need to start selling it. Um, we sort of knew that with Friends, Foes and Fireworks, we were telling everybody we're making this film in one night, you know. Mm. Sometimes you find that that doesn't work. Like Sometimes you think maybe that's not the angle. You need to find your audience. Yeah. So. Maybe the audience is females. We're thinking that the demographic is 25 to 45-year-old females for this one, for Friends, Foes and Fireworks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So we're trying different angles now. We, we're always pitching it as a film shot in one night, which is amazing. Yes. It, it's harder to find an audience that's so broad. People that like to party and drink on New Year's, it's – yeah, and maybe filmmakers. But, yeah, I think you have to always think about an audience beforehand when you're going to sell it. Um, how can I market this? What's the best pitch? Um yeah, well, we're happy with the cinema run and the DVD now coming out of North America. And we've got a screening at the Oz International Film Festival in Melbourne on the 28th nice. at the LA Theatre. So we've got our first film festival. Great. So it's going back to St Kilda where it started from. Lovely. So that's really nice.
0: Great. That's really good. And in terms of um, Incomporé then, are you are you planning that now, the, the marketing strategy of, of that release? Is it all in place?
2: I'm going to start contacting... Um, Probably press in America and different countries. Like we have Clara Francesca who's in the movie in the Melbourne story and the New York story. She's from MPG. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be working with us to actually get it out to a few people in New York because she's based there and we shot it there. So we, we're just, just trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. Like I've been working full time so it's a bit hard. Like I'm trying to get my head around doing it in the morning before work and after work, which is killing me. But, yeah, yeah trying. Oh, yeah, like I said, if we had money funding, we could probably get a marketing team to do it. But it's not cheap to do that. Mm-hmm. Sending up, pre- I was sending out press releases last week. So, yeah, so I'll be doing more of that, I guess. Yeah. But I think a marketing team would be good
0: for sure. Uh, what about the next one moving forward? Would you, you know, next time you're going to say, look, we next time we need funding uh, and we need a marketing team? Is that the plan, or are you going to go? Do you know what? Let's keep going because we love it.
2: No, definitely, we've learnt a lot. We like we learnt that we want to get a team on board. We're not going to do another one without funding. So we have another script we've been writing as well, mm-hmm. um, an improvised one. So it's kind of it's all shot in Malta. We're going to set up some meetings to meet with some people here next week to see if they want to come on board as producers and help us get funding. Um, there's a fund opening like February next year, Malta mm-hmm. Film Commission. Yes, so we're looking yes. at.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's just starting, yeah. hasn't it? Great. And Malta's a beautiful place to film as well.
2: It is beautiful. The shots that we shot in Malta for Incorporated are so beautiful. Like, every country just added so much beauty and so much production value to the film. Mm-hmm. And me and Ivan have decided that we're not going to do it again. Like, if we don't get funding for this one, we're not going to go ahead now. If like we're going to wait, yep. that's another part of the learning. Like, if it happens in five years, it's better than, you know, yeah, rushing and trying try to get it done. And then it suffers because you can't promote it or you can't get it out there. Yeah, because yeah. we want—I think we want to self, um, with incorporate, incorporate, We want to actually get it out, like self, um, distribute it. So we're just thinking about how we're going to do that, which we probably need some cash for that. So
1: mm.
2: we do have we do have something from from the heart productions. We actually have a fiscal funding page at the moment. So if people want to go and donate to that, they can.
0: Yep, absolutely. That's
2: open for all times, yeah, we can add that link maybe.
0: That, of course we can put that link in for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: So Absolutely. we're trying to do that. So I've been like sending those emails out as well. It's just like lots of emails. And I've got so many projects happening at once. Like, which one do I promote next? I
0: know. Yeah, that's that's always tough as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many to do. Uh, it's fascinating. You've, you've, you've done, you have done so well. And it is an inspiration. Um, I imagine it's really tough sometimes. Uh, but it, it's all going to be worth it in the end. I think people will easily see Friends, Foes and Fireworks and go, great. Okay, cool. I can see what you can do. Let's move on. And hopefully in Campore the same. I look forward to seeing that. Uh, and and seeing what you guys are doing next because it's wonderful. It really is. To make an improvised film like this and and make it as good as it is. It's it's impressive. It really well, is. thank you. So keep going. Keep doing it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And obviously Nexus production group is yours and Ivan's production company as well. So you're putting everything through that.
2: Yes. Everything's through Nexus. We've got also we just shot we're still doing improvise. We're a bit nuts. We were like, we haven't shown anything in what? What are we going to do? So we just shot um, Life improvised. We have these series of shorts, three to five minute films. We're putting them up on YouTube. There's another link. Oh, my Great. God. <laughs> promote. I said to Ivan, how are we going to promote? The first one's called Our Lady. So we just put that online. Yes. Well, I'm sort of online when I was at work. I'm like, do I need to promote the DVD release tomorrow? I'm like, oh, oh. there's so much. So, Our Lady is up on our YouTube channel, so you can watch a short improvised film. And we shot another one late October, which I directed. Ivan directed Our Lady. Okay. And so, yeah, we're going to be editing that one too. So, we're just going to put them up on YouTube, those um life improvised clips. So. Super. Just to keep working,
0: great. Okay, so what advice then could you give someone wanting to go make an improvised film? Now, obviously, you've given loads, but if there's anything that springs to mind as the someone wanting to start out,
2: mm, besides have fun, do lots of research on improvised. So we watch a lot, a lot of improvised films a lot of mumblecore films. You have to really be passionate about it, I think, and really have a – it's a, It's not something like – even people watching it, like some of the reviews are like, oh, you have to sit there for a while to really appreciate it and, you know, you have to really like be into these films to watch it. But I think it's it's kind of fun watching. It's like watching reality TV, um, yeah. which is what I'm into now. It's like watching like just being um, yeah. experimental. But advice would be, I guess – to make improvised film. I think, yeah, do do some research, be passionate about it, general advice, and you have a passion for it and just a drive to keep going. And I think always be unique without trying to be unique. Like just do whatever you feel is like what you need to be doing as well. Don't try to fit into a box, which can make it hard when you're trying to sell something. But I think uniqueness is always important.
0: Wow. Yeah, I love that. And that's very true. Um, just a, something actually that just popped up the other day was the best selling online sort of uh, DVD sales or whatever, video on demand, are dramas. Which it surprised yeah. me massively. But dramas are the biggest selling on Amazon US. So if you yeah. get your film on Amazon US, just generally, um, it is it will sell. It will do well. You don't need that much marketing either. You know, obviously you do and you do your thing and you do what you can. But apparently dramas sell like hotcakes on yeah. amazon us but like I say doing drama isn't it's a good thing uh, at the moment um but i was always put off everyone said don't do drama you'll never make any money and there's it's a lot good. of people it's making horror. money you think, horror would sell think so but they horror. don't i think the first horror on the list at the moment for this 2018 is number 31 it says okay. it all indie films not 31 all the rest are dramas and uh, some sci-fi small bit of action isn't that fascinating Mm-hmm. There you Did go. You? So there you go. So yeah, um, I think it's a really big market for films like this. There, and I love that you female led as well is fascinating and really interesting at the moment. And uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Why not? We need to see more women of we do. Well,
0: Absolutely, Sarah. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. All the way Thank from you. sunny Malta <laughs> and wet, rainy London here. Um, where can people follow yourself and Ivan on Twitters, on the Facebooks and stuff so people can get in touch and say hello?
2: Uh, so we're on Twitter, Nexus Production Group. Um, Instagram, we have an Instagram page for Incorporate. We have one for Friends, Foes and Fireworks and we also have one for Nexus Production Group. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram. Um, I said Twitter, didn't we? And, of course, Facebook, we have Incorporate. We have Nexus and we have Friends Frozen Fireworks. We all have separate pages for those.
0: Great, great. Right. And where can, can people buy Friends Frozen Fireworks in the UK? Vimeo on demand. Vimeo, on that's where it was. That's us.
2: worldwide because the US one would be Amazon.
0: Great. So they can watch Friends Frozen Fireworks now on Vimeo. So go to Vimeo At on demand.
1: demand. Group. Yeah. yeah
0: perfect perfect so do go do that if you listen to this um support anyway and go watch this brilliant film and there's so many behind the scenes making ofs and how they've done it and go to the Odemi page and see how they did it really cool you're a filmmaker do it watch this film and learn brilliant well i I wish you all the best i look forward to hearing more about in and um i'll speak to you very soon
2: thanks for the chat
0: pleasure take care